Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We're on a mission to revolutionise how everyday Australians invest in property and we have proven that it's irrelevant where you live, where you invest in property is a completely different set of considerations and our business helps people do that. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're chatting with Simon Presley. He's the owner of Propertology and winner of several awards in the property investor space, revolutionizing the way in which ordinary Australians invest in property. Follow his journey from banking to business and discover the surprising research behind the best areas to buy in. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. With over 35 years of experience in financial services, Presley's passion lies in creating new opportunities for clients to get into the property market. I'm the managing director of Propertyology. Um, we founded our business under a, under a different uh, name nearly 20 years ago. Um, it was originally um, following my banking background. Um, so the, the foundation of the business was was mortgage broking and, uh, and commercial finance. Um, and it's evolved over, over the years to be um, really active in helping property investors um, with a heavy emphasis on market research. He has also won a number of awards for his services. Look, we're certainly not in, in it for awards, but um, I guess we're all driven for excellence. Um, and I guess, um, you know, occasionally when you get industry awards, they're, um, they're, they're a good feeling, not just myself, but the team. It's sort of, you know, recognition from industry peers that um, we're leaders, we're innovators, um, and we keep sort of trying to reinvent the world for a better consumer experience. Um, in the early years of our business, um, I think two years there, we won Australia's Mortgage Broker of the Year a couple of times in the early uh, early part of the 2000s. Um, under, under Propertyology, which is about 10 years old now, um, three consecutive years, Australia's Buyers Agent of the Year. Um, our, our business uh, was the first ever non-sales business that won the REIQ um, Best Small Agency. Um, so a few, um, few feathers in the cap. The name Propertology came about through Simon's love of economics and commerce. I love economics. Um, I love commerce and have this uh, innate urge to try to understand the why and how um, about markets. And so I maintain that there is very much a science um, to property markets. Uh, that said, it's by no means an exact science, but 
neither is forecasting the weather or share markets or, you know, a, a doctor can't guarantee us any outcome from treatment either, but there definitely is a science to it. Um, I just thought propertyology was, was one simple word that best expressed that. Simon's day-to-day role involves diligently studying property markets all around Australia, revolutionising how everyday Australians like you and I invest in property. My role in the business is to, is to study property markets literally all over Australia. Um, what our team does is that it then uses uh, our intellectual property, our market research, to help everyday Australians take advantage of this massive country called Australia. We're on a mission to revolutionise how everyday Australians invest in property and we have proven that it's irrelevant where you live, where you invest in property is a completely different set of um, considerations and our business helps people do that. Born in Adelaide, Presley spent his childhood moving around before eventually settling down further north. My father was in the army, uh, so um, you know, for for all of my well, first 16, 17 years of my life, we, we moved around quite regularly, as happens in, uh, in the defence force. Born in Adelaide, um, but have lived in uh, different capital cities and different parts of regional Australia. Obviously, not knowing that as a child, but as as an adult helping people invest, um, there's some experiences there that I can. Uh, that I can uh, draw on. Uh, did my high schooling years in, in Townsville. My mother and father still live up there. Um, when I started my banking career uh, as a late teenager, I, um, I transferred from Townsville to Brisbane. Um, uh, family man, been, been in Brisbane now for, I don't know, 28 years or something like that. Um, married with a, with, a, with a young son. Uh, Love the Brisbane Lions um, outside of property. Um, AFL is my uh, is my absolute passion, um, and love economics. That's awesome, and I I, I can imagine uh, some of the fans out there right now say, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> Look, it has been. It's fair to say it's been a dry spell, um, but we never forget those wonderful heydays. Uh, you know, the year two thousand through to two thousand and four. Um, I am absolutely privileged to have uh, been live at the MCG for the. Um, four consecutive grand finals that the Brisbane Lions played in and, of course, won three of those. Falling into banking determined to be successful and to work hard, he was fascinated by the bigger economic drivers when it came to commercial finance lending. I sort of learned that I think a lot of people go through high school not not really knowing what they want to do career-wise. Um, there are the odd exception, and I was certainly in, in that bracket. I, I had no idea... Um, a particular career path. I knew I wanted to be um, successful. I was determined to work hard. Um, I guess I've always um, had an interest in helping people. And uh, in high school, I was always very good at maths. And um, uh, uh, I, I like things trying to understand why. Um, I did fall into banking, yes. Um, back in the days, um, I uh, used to have the big banks used to come out um, in sort of about November, December to the high schools and talk about a career in banking. And because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I thought I'd throw my hat in the ring. Um, so I had 10 years with the Commonwealth Bank. Um, I learned a lot about credit. And whilst it's been a long time since I've worked in the in the banking sector, um, you don't you don't lose those skills. And as a property investor, um, it's very important. Uh, knowledge to have. So yes, I fell in, in, into banking. Um, as I said, I really enjoy 
helping people. So my role um, for most of my banking career, Tyron, was uh, I had a commercial finance um, uh, role, so helping businesses borrow money. And, and to do that and to do it well, you need to understand not just the business but the industry they're in and the things that affect it. And I, and I love that. Sure, we've got to look at profit and loss statements and balance sheets and that sort of stuff, um, and that can for some be interesting. But what I always found more interesting is the bigger picture um, things that could affect that industry. And whilst not knowing it during my banking career, that's that's really what's driven me to um, what I do now, studying property markets. After 10 years with the Commonwealth Bank, Presley made a career shift. With the Commonwealth Bank, and as I said earlier, I learned a lot, but um, I was becoming increasingly frustrated going to work each day. And I mean, let's face it, banks are very big, um, bureaucratic um, environments. In some ways, there's some similarities to, to governments, and I just cannot stand bureaucracy um, and being told day in, day out, oh, that's just the way we do it, um, when it might have been fine 20 years ago. But, um, you know, I guess I, just, I learned that I had an entrepreneurial um, side to the way my mind works, and I, I value common sense, I value efficiency. I value progress, and you just don't get that in big organisations. So, look, I had a couple of years um, in uh, the last two years of my career at the Commonwealth Bank where I still love the helping people, um, but I was just frustrated with that environment. And um, I don't like victims. I didn't want to become one myself. It just whinges and moans and groans each day. What am I going to do about it? Um, and I thought, well, the line of work I love to remove the bureaucracy, let's go and set up my own business doing doing the same thing. So, so when the business started nearly 20 years ago, um, it was commercial finance and mortgage broking, but working for myself rather than a, a bureaucratic organisation. And um, uh, over the years, I, I could see that I was enjoying helping people acquire finance primarily to purchase assets, but I identified that there was a massive hole where the consumer had no expertise that they could had skill and trust to turn to to help with the asset selection. There, he saw a new opportunity for his business where he could help his clients access a broader range of properties from across Australia. Propertology was the first business in the country to do this. So here I was working hard, you know, to help people with debt structures and uh, getting the money um, set up right. Um, but that's largely irrelevant if the asset selection was poor. Um, and I could identify that the consumer really had nowhere to go, that um, if the asset they were looking for was property, all they knew of was the local real estate agent who's not a market analyst, whose job is to sell features and benefits of a particular property um, uh, and has nothing to do with the rest of the country. Um, so, um, and I've always liked property, and as I said earlier, I've loved economics. So um, I sort of thought, well, no one's ever done this um, or done it well. Um, maybe that's the opportunity for us. And it turned out to be a fantastic opportunity because you combine all that uh, macro knowledge that you could actually help others because not everyone has the time to actually go and do the in-depth research that you do for your clients at this point in time. That's right. Look, and when we when we started this journey you know, Propertyology 10 years ago, there was literally no other business in Australia that could hand on heart say to the everyday investor, look, our, our profession, every day when we wake up, we study the fundamentals of markets all over Australia. 
um, and we can then combine that with a buyer's agency service and help you invest in targeted locations throughout Australia. So there's no organisation that did that. Here and now today, there might be three or four similar type businesses um, uh, to Propertyology, um, but it's still a very immature market. There was another more personal motive behind the start of Propertyology with a wish to provide more options for people like his parents who worked hard but had a tough run. I didn't realise this until my early 20s, Tyron, but um, as a child, mum and dad did it very tough financially. I said earlier that we travelled around a lot. My father was in the army um, and hard-working people, uh, great morals and I'm certainly thankful that they taught me that. But um, it wasn't until I entered the workforce and started earning earning money and having to pay my own way through life, I started to realise that mum and dad had made a lot of really poor financial decisions and I say that with all love. Um, But I I didn't know it at the time but they actually went through bankruptcy when I guess I was about, I don't know, somewhere between the age of 13 and 15. Um, And as responsible parents did, they shielded us from that. Um, I can just, just, just remember um, lots of stressful times and mum and dad having lots of discussions with their parents and children told to play outside and um, you know um, replacing cars regularly and that sort of stuff I didn't know what was going on but I figured out for myself in my early 20s what actually happened and that made me sad um, when I thought about mum and dad aren't silly and they work hard and you know they earn average incomes and, and then I thought about everyone else in my life that I knew that were of that generation, um, aunties and uncles and, and mum and dad's friends and, and even even their parents. And I couldn't think of a single person who was really financially comfortable and could say, look, when they stop working in the not-too-distant future, they're going to be able to really enjoy everything they want. I couldn't think of a single person that I personally knew. Oh, this is just not right. Um, we are the lucky country, apparently. Um, it's not a third world country. I thought, this is just not right. Um, bearing in mind, I'm in my early 20s and the early stages of my banking career, and I'm helping people um, arrange loans as, as I'm you know, having this flashback of my childhood and all the, all the adults that I, that I knew. So I thought that that's sad, um, and I thought um, it's crazy that, the, you know, the country hadn't done anything about that and how that could evolve and my natural urge to, you know, and enjoyment for helping people, I thought um, that's, that's important. Let's, let's do something about that. This influenced Presley to begin investing in property himself as well. The age pension is, doesn't provide much of a lifestyle for anybody. Um, the rules around it keep changing and the value of it keeps diminishing and that will continue forever in a day uh, in an ageing population. So um, that's what got me into investing. Um, I, uh, with, the, with the raw feelings of what my mum and dad went through, um, I was determined that when I got married, when I started a family, that would not be me. And the only way to ensure that was to be responsible with my money and to invest, um, not to rely on age pension. Um, uh, and if you break it all down, the average person spends 20 years of their life initially learning stuff, sets us up for what, whatever career path we take. If we say that the, the generally accepted retirement age is 65, that means that the average person has 45 years earning in the workforce. How much time do we really need 
to set ourselves up. I'm not talking about, you know, everyone wanting to be billionaires, just using 45 years in the workforce, making sensible, responsible decisions so that when we get to age 60, 65, whatever it is, that the rest of our life, and we're now, you know, living to age 90 on average, the rest of our life we don't have to struggle. only person who can control that is the individual. Schools don't teach financial literacy, employers don't teach it, governments don't teach it, um, but we, as an individual, we need to learn it's important. So that's I, I bought my first property, obviously the family home at age 21, which is probably uh, younger than um, than most. We've heard a lot recently about housing affordability crisis and that sort of stuff, which is completely laughable in my opinion because I remember the sacrifices I had to make and how hard it was to get my deposit together to buy my first house 26 years ago. It's always been hard. Um, and interest rates were um, probably about 12% back then, not the 4.5% that we get these days. It's always been hard. Um, but, you know, if it's important enough, um, we'll, we'll find a way, no matter what it is in life. Coming up after the break, Simon will talk about his worst investing moment. But I bought an emotion. I had a long weekend at, at the Sunshine Coast and I thought, this place is beautiful. Um and so I just bought a very basic two-bedroom apartment, literally on the on the esplanade. Um, so across across the road, literally, was the beach. So the view could never be built out. What he did to uncover the best places to invest in Australia. When we looked at the best performed, we saw um, a, a majority of the names were not the high-profile locations that you and I and everyone would probably expect to be at the top. They weren't the Sydneys and Melbournes. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, I just wanted to let you know about the podcast show notes I've created for you that you can download at freepropertyresource.com. Inside these show notes, I've included a full summary, details of the resources recommended plus much, much more. Just go to freepropertyresource.com to grab it now. It's free and it'll make the rest of the episode so much more impactful. Again, that's freepropertyresource.com. Now back to the show. After buying his first family home, Presley took the next steps by purchasing his first investment property in the same area. Um, yes, as I said, I was always determined to take control of my own financial future. So um, I can't remember the exact year, but sometime after buying my first family home and um, accumulate a little bit of equity um, through a combination of what you know my own home market had done, and also um, you know just responsible paying paying down debt, um, I decided it was time to invest. I, I love laughing at myself looking back because you, you, you know no one knows what you don't know. Um, but but back then I think I was in my uh, late twenties, I guess twenty seven or something like that. The first investment property was probably five kilometres from from my existing family home, and I went through the same process as I did. Um, to buy the investment properties with the family home. Um, you know, looking well, newspapers back then, now it's all online, but, um, you know, what's the sale um, and trying to really, if you think, if, you, if, if I'm honest, pretend that you know the market, but what I actually knew was the neighbourhood 
Um, and, and, and look, here and now today, nothing's changed. Um, you know, 25 million Australians and those in their adult ages, most people say they know their market. They don't. They know their neighbourhood. They know where the schools are and the shopping centres are and the busy roads. But that's that's the neighbourhood, their features and benefits. It's not, it's not the market. Um, but I didn't know that either. Um, I said it's laughable, but it's good because here and now today when I'm helping others invest, I, I can relate to um you know what people are thinking and why they're influenced um that way so yeah creature of habit like everyone else bought that investment property um proudest punch i was of all the research i thought i'd done <laughs> um but lucky you know to be honest uh i bought it at a time um you know the the early part of this century when most australian locations um just did exceptionally well for uh for some years sort of after the sydney olympic games um, so the first investment experience was, was a good one, but a complete fluke. One of Presley's biggest learning curves was a purchase in Queensland that didn't go according to plan. I haven't had any major, major tragedies, but you know, anyone who says that oh, everything went according to what I expected is, is clearly lying because no one's got a crystal ball, including Simon Presley who studies property every single day for a living none, none of us do but um I, I, look i can recall i think it was my second investment property um only recently sold it actually but uh, a place called caloundra on the sunshine coast um uh, yeah and that's that's why i bought it um but not knowing at the time I, I thought it was research but all it was was emotion um and um yeah i had a long weekend at, at the sunshine coast and i thought this place is beautiful um and so I just bought a very basic two-bedroom apartment, literally on the on the esplanade. Um, so across across the road, literally, was the beach. So the view could never be built out. Of, you know, 240 degree view. I think I paid um, you know very low 200 thousands um, uh, for this place. And um, proud as punch, thinking I've done all this research, but I bought an emotion. Um, at the end of the day, water doesn't make properties grow; it makes plants grow. Um, but I, you know, thought, I thought I can see the growth. I could see the, I see the emotion. But look, at the end of the day, Australia. These are the things you learn after the event. Um, so my my research and rationale for buying this property was that water views couldn't be built out, um, licensed to print money. Um, but then, you know, and it did okay for for some years. Don't get me wrong. But then when the GFC hit. Um, that property dropped by about 35% over about two years. Um, I tried to sell it at one point. I couldn't give it away. Um, and then I, uh, I mean, already, already several years had obviously um, evolved. So I already knew that the, uh, on reflection, the research was nowhere near as sophisticated as what I first thought. Um, but then I sort of, you know, um, you need, sometimes people need to actually experience something like that. To, to really question what they thought they did know. And if you think of Australia, it is an island, a damn big one, but Australia is an island. So we're, there's a, there are dozens of towns and cities that are um, surrounded by water. Um, so if water was this magic ingredient for prices to grow, then every year, every location on water would boom, wouldn't it? Yes, that's what we'd all think, and we'd be all millionaires and rich right now. But uh, that's right. It but has it? <laughs> no, and never has, never will. So the reason my property declined by about thirty-five percent in a very short period of time is because the Sunshine Coast is heavily reliant on tourism, and when you come out of a GFC, any any household expense expense that's a discretionary item 
people stop doing. So, you know, holidays is the first thing you give away. Um, and, uh, you know, so economies that rely heavily on that, including the Sunshine Coast, suffered because, you know, uh, jobs are lost, wages fall, confidence is low, people don't buy houses, they don't renovate, you know, they sell, they relocate, all the opposite of what you what you want to happen. But it was actually that experience and a few other things, Tyron, that made me realise property is all about economics. Eventually, he sold the Calandra property. However, not before taking away a valuable lesson. And certainly, I didn't, I didn't lose money on it. As I said, I, I did, it did decline in value significantly, but I, didn't, I wasn't in a situation where I had to sell or anything like that. It was just a, a big wake-up call as to, you know, what is research and what, what, what are the real things that affect the value of an asset as opposed to the things that I thought were, were more important. Um, it was a really good experience to have and sometimes the best learnings in life are experience. I mean they're called mistakes for a reason because you don't mean for it to happen um, but we all make mistakes. Um, the key is is when you're in that moment, and you, you know, oh shit, what do I do, um, is to pause and reflect upon the decision that you made however long ago to get yourself in that position. The best learnings, um, better than what you can get out of a, out of a textbook. Uh, I eventually sold it combination because I, I knew that I, with the capital I could get out of that property, I could do better in other parts of Australia. But also um, I bought that property with some friends, uh, which was a good experience, um, but I was wanting to renovate the property and they didn't want to renovate the property. No arguments there at all, but I just sort of thought, um, you know, perhaps, perhaps we just need to get our money out of that and go our separate ways. Presley's biggest aha moment came when he and the propertology team were able to pinpoint the potential growth in specific locations throughout Australia. We're the only, only uh, firm in Australia that picked Hobart's boom several years back. I'd like to come back to that. But, but the biggest aha moment was several years ago now, probably five years ago, um, we did a study that took several months. Um, it involved breaking Australia down into the 550 individual local governments that are spread across our eight states and territories. Um, so we got the official data um, of these 550 LGAs that we call it, which is the equivalent of our of the property investors stock exchange, if you like. Um, and that, that's how we view property is every one of those 550 local councils is the equivalent of a company on the on the stock exchange. So we sort of thought I'll pay in tens and tens of thousands of dollars to a big company called CoreLogic. Um, and, and all that gives you is uh, a massive file with billions and billions of cells of data. Um, so that's obviously costly, but the bigger cost than that is the hundreds and hundreds of hours that we, we spent creating all sorts of formulas and um, you know different spreadsheets and charts and, and, and analysing it. And why we did it, Tyrone, was just so we thought – you know, the property world has always been full of all these myths and theories um, and investing in property is, a, you know, it's a big decision. It's a lot of money. No one's ever going to be able to give us a guarantee. But what if we actually put all these theories to the test? What if we got all the evidence um, and devoted whatever time and resources was required to test all these things? So we thought, well, the place, to, you, you got to get all the historical data. So, so we got all that data for 550 LGAs. And we took it back to the to the turn of the century, first of January two thousand. Um, and we then, for each of these five hundred and fifty LGAs, we worked out the average annual capital growth rate 
for 550 locations over that um, over that period of time. So it was two full property cycles, a long, long period of time. Um, we then got the average rental yield for each of those 550 LGAs and we added them together to give a total return on investment over that long period of time. And we then uh, literally filtered it and, uh, and ranked them from best performed to worst performed. Then they studied the outcome of this research and started to question why. When we looked at the best performed, we saw um, a, a majority of the names were not the high profile locations that you and I and everyone would probably expect to be at the top. They weren't the Sydneys and Melbournes. Um, they were predominantly regional locations that we'd all heard of, but they certainly weren't the, you know, the really big cities with large population masses. And then when we looked down the, the bottom 10 20%, we actually saw the locations that we thought would be at the top. Um, so to quote some facts, so Greater Sydney is made up of 43 LGAs, and zero of those 43 LGAs appeared in the top 40% in Australia over that massive period of time. Zero. Oh, that's very surprising, actually. Okay. <laughs> Australia's second biggest city um, is Melbourne, obviously, which is made up of 31 LGAs. And 27 out of 31 also appeared in the bottom 40%. So let me first say that every location in Australia over this massive period of time experienced significant growth. And every location had periods of booms and, and flat periods and even periods of a, a couple of years of decline. But when you're talking about um, stretching it out over the journey, um, what we what the evidence taught us was affordability was a common denominator amongst the better performed locations. Directly explains why Australia's two biggest cities were in the bottom 40% and, and not in the top 10 or 20 that before doing the study, we would have expected to occur. Um, the regional locations, well, all regional locations are more affordable than capital cities, but it's not just a matter of buying a region because it's cheaper, because there are also plenty of regional locations that were, you know, in the bottom half, not the top half. Um, so when we looked at, the, you know, what's, what's, what also is common, it was economic development. So there were periods throughout the journey where certain industries did well, different um uh, regional locations throughout Australia um, benefited from um, businesses expanding or infrastructure projects, uh, um, it's just job growth in, in general. Um, so that gave us the proof that it's in this game of investing, the most valuable information is we're still forecasting, um, but is to try to anticipate which industries are going to perform the best in the future. Uh, which ones are likely to expand and create jobs and wage growth and confidence and that sort of stuff. And then every um, location in Australia, capital city and non-capital city, um, what is their economic profile? So, inspired by Simon Presley's story and his amazing aha moments, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode on Property Investory where we'll find out his go-to resources for gaining financial literacy. Good to Great is a good business book. Um, the E-Myth is a, is a great, you know, really basic um, business book. Um, you know, I, I don't mind reading. They're not property related. They're not financial related. But I, I don't mind reading autobiographies just by successful people um, in general. And I love sports. So His success habits for property investing? Uh, lots of hard work, perseverance. 
don't take things for granted, challenge the status quo. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.